Hello, everybody. Jace here. Quick message before we get to the main episode. Uh, you know, I try not to get too political on the show. Maybe if that's something that really interests the guest, we might get into a little bit of politics, but mostly we're here to just celebrate comics. But uh, I can't ignore what's going on in the world, specifically the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. So uh, on our Twitter, pinned as the tweet, is a link to UNICEF which is an organization that focuses on uh, areas of the world where there is a lot of strife, war going on. Specifically, they try to provide clean water, medical care, and other uh, essential needs specifically for children and families. So regardless of which side of the fence you're on, whether or not you believe that one side or the other is right or wrong, uh, we can all agree that children and their families shouldn't be suffering for the choices that their leaders are making. So please, if you have a few dollars, uh, every little bit helps. You can go to unicef.org, that's U-N-I-C-E-F dot O-R-G, and just look for the Ukraine appeal. Click there, or you can go to the Comic Source Twitter account, and the link is there for you to donate. So uh, again, appreciate the support, everybody, and I uh, hope you're all being safe out there. Welcome to another episode of The Comic Source. I'm your host, Jace. And I'm Blake. And just a reminder, Blake's the one that puts together the reading list for the uh, Spawn event that we're having this year, the celebration of 30 years of Spawn, 30 years of Image Comics. So if you're curious what's coming up next, how everything all fits together, maybe you're just following along with the regular Spawn series that we're reading, that's fine to, to either way. The reading order is a great resource. There's a link in the show notes, so go and, uh, and check it out. So... That being said, the last three episodes, Blake and I have been focusing on the uh, issues of the regular series. We saw Al Simmons last time um, dealing with, uh, I don't want to say the fallout, dealing with the the fact that he got his face back, basically, um, and how he was deciding to like deal with that. He, he gave him a bit of a swagger, right? Um, yeah. And maybe a little too much confidence, a little too much thinking, hey, I'm back. I'm closer to being human than I ever have before, even to the point of possibly burning a bridge with his one ally, Terry Fitzgerald, you know? Uh, he, he comes right out and says to Terry, well, I guess we're enemies now, you know, because I'm coming for Wanda. I'm coming to get my wife back as soon as I go take care of Jason Wynn. And, of course, Cogliostro, obviously Terry didn't like that. Cogliostro is also against the idea. Uh, and we, we broke it all down, and we talked about why he might be doing that, and Blake and I both kind of came to the same conclusion of Al Simmons at this point in his life really sees Wanda as this finish line, this objective, this object. It's not about who Wanda is or his love for Wanda. It's about what she signifies and how she reflects on him. So once again, here we are at a place with Al Simmons where he's really self-involved. He's all wrapped up in his own shit, for lack of a better term, um, even to the detriment of those he claims to love so yeah. yeah he's not in the best place no no he uh he 
has that very uh, Anakin Skywalker kind of possessive love where it's like, I love you, but you only are an extension of me. As soon as you're not that, then I don't know what you are. And that's kind of what Wanda is right now. She, he wants her because it makes him happy, but he's not thinking about what she wants. She's had five years to grieve and, and mourn and make a new life. You think that he would want her to be happy, but he's only thinking of himself. He's so wrapped up in his, in himself. Like, wouldn't Wanda want to be in a happy relationship with the father of her daughter? You know, that, that, that'd be Terry. If Al walks in and steals Wanda away, now, now that's just messing everything up. I mean, I'm sure they could probably work out some kind of family dynamic between all of them, but like, no, 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 that's a weird exist. That's a it's, weird. It's a weird. It's a weird threesome. <laughs> One of the guys is yeah, dead. So. I kind of wonder, like, why did this thought actually after we finished recording yesterday? This thought occurred to me. Like, is Al in a way, you know, clearly being manipulated, being puppet mastered by Malvolja, who's a master at it, and this continued torture, and we'll see it in this issue as well, of this relationship of him not being human, not being able to have what he wants to have. We've seen him leave New York any number of times, sometimes not, uh, you know, on his own. He ends up in Alabama. He ends up, you know, wherever, Um, you know, he traveled, obviously, when he was working with Terry. Like, why are you torturing yourself, Al Simmons? Like, leave New York, go somewhere else, start, like, really start over. Go try to live yeah. your life and be somebody else, you know? Like, I get it. He's drawn to that place because he that's where Wanda is, but anywhere. Yeah, exactly. So, he uh, be anywhere doing anything, but he yeah. chooses to be stuck here where it hurts. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, all right, let me go ahead and share my screen. We'll dive into issue number 66. Uh, There we see uh, a fantastic Gray Capullo cover, as usual, McFarlane inks. Look inside the the front cover, a little bit of a different looking um, background there, but still very much inspired by the film. Story by Todd McFarlane, pencils by Capullo, McFarlane, Chance Wolf on the inks. Tom Orzakowski, copy editor and lettering, and colors by Haberlin and Kemp. And we we know last time it was very much a recap issue. We kind of went through it rather quickly and discussed the the big information, the big new kind of bombshell that was dropped on uh, anybody who had been reading up to Spawn up to that point, up to issue 65. You were kind of caught up on everything that Cogliostro was saying right up until the end, right up until the last couple pages where Cogliastro informs Sam and Twitch that they are loyal knights of Spawn, that Spawn is their master, that they are linked in some way, and that will you know always be the case. And obviously, Sam and Twitch are like, wait, what? So that's where this issue picks off. Cogliastro is actually riding in the back of the crime mobile. And uh, it's pretty interesting the way uh, Sam puts it. He says... Um, I'm just looking for a little clarification on this whole we now serve spawn thing. Right. And Cog's like, well, you know, I can hear the sarcasm in your voice and I understand your confusion. But what I'm telling you is, you know, is the truth. And whether you choose to believe it or not is is up to you. Um, 
but it doesn't really matter whether you believe it or not, because your fate is now entwined with Spawn, regardless of whatever you believe. <laughs> and, and Sam's like, uh, yeah, sure it is. So again, Cog's like, I, you know, I don't really have time to, you know, to explain this to you, but this is just the way it is. And Sam kind of pushes back saying, are, are we supposed to have forgotten that it was due to Spawn that we got suspended? And it was due to Spawn that eventually we got uh, em- uh, embarrassed and kicked off the force. Like, I'm sorry, but why would I want to be buddy, buddy with this costume freak, you know? And they go driving through a tunnel, it gets dark. And when they come out on the other side, Cogliastro has gone. And, you know, obviously they, they're like, wait, you know, what happened? They're not hundred percent on board with this whole supernatural thing. Right. I mean, they live in a world of, facts and things are black and white, good guys, bad guys. Everything is very um, concrete to these guys. And I think, yeah, exactly. And I think they're starting to realize that they've been pulled into a world that's things are a little more um, magical, a little more, you know, expect the unexpected than, uh, than you might think. The other thing I'll point out, you can see it there. And when the uh, crime mobile kind of stops on a dime, the sound effect says creech which is uh, Capullo's um, creator-owned book that he was working on at this time. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. He threw that in as a sound effect. Uh, Meanwhile, Al Simmons, despite the fact that his face is sloughed off, this is the part that really gets me like, obviously his body is not a human body. So maybe he doesn't feel, you know, he doesn't have the same sense of feeling or sensation or whatever. but I mean, I'm assuming some time has, has gone by since he uh, revealed his face to, to Jason Wynn. And now he said he's gone back to his alley and he's getting all dudded up in this three piece suit. And then he goes walking down the street like, you know, this super fancy again. Keep in mind, this is a 90s. So when you see the giant shoulder pads on this double breasted suit, that was the style back then. Back, you know, if this you're reading this in, you know, 95 or 96, whenever it was. You would have thought, oh, yeah, he's he's definitely styling. He doesn't even have the traditional collared shirt. You know, it's more of the like turtleneck style collar, which was all the rage back then. And he's got his sunglasses on and he just thinks he looks great. But again, I got like really strange to me that he doesn't realize that his no, dude, your face has sloughed off again. You do not look human. And he doesn't realize it. He sees people staring at him and he thinks it's because he looks so good. And then when these gang members start giving him a, a bad time and telling him how much he smells, which. Yeah, I mean, it's not like these guys ever taken a shower since he's come back and he sits on a chair of like rotting corpses. Of course he smells. Uh, and I guess he didn't think to take a shower or clean up before he's supposedly going to see Wanda. Yeah, but yeah I think when this they, is the very next day, like after the whole encounter with Jason Wynn. Right, you would, think, yeah, you would think he would have noticed yeah. that his face had sloughed off. Like, I mean, even when you're, you know, you're not looking in the mirror, you can still sort of see your, your, you know, out of your peripheral vision, your cheeks or whatever, but I don't know, maybe he's just too distracted. Maybe he's too wound up regardless for whatever reason might not be that believable, but he doesn't know his face is gone until he looks in this reflection, gets all butthurt, beats up on the gang members a little bit. And luckily for them, he's so sort of dejected by the fact that his, his face slipped off and he missed his chance to go see his daughter that uh, he kind of leaves them without, without roughing them up too bad. So meanwhile, uh, Wanda is visiting with Granny Blake. Dog comes and takes 
Cyan's uh, pacifier, and it's not the pacifier that Cyan cares about, as we know. It's it's the uh, the necklace, or what she calls a necklace, but is actually a shoelace. They used to sew Al Simmons' uh, face together, and she freaks out. Like, she freaks out to the point where um, Wanda's freaking out, like, because she's never seen Cyan act like this. And what we're told is that Cyan actually has the memories of being kidnapped by uh, by the violator, you know, she's been through a lot for, you know, being this little girl and having that shoelace, which in a way represents her connection to Al Simmons is what keeps those terrible uh, memories and nightmares at bay. But what's interesting is when we're told this, the way that it, it like most of the time when we get these captions, we're getting the thoughts and the feelings of the characters that are on the page. Right. And it even says right here, Wanda's not able to understand what just happened. Is Cyan tired? Is she hungry? Though her pacifier has been important in the past few weeks, it seems like it's even more important. Um, And so, again, that's those are feelings and thoughts of what Amanda feels and thinks. But then it says, in fact, Cyan's attachment is not to the pacifier, but to the shoelace strung through it itself is it's remarkable because it had been the uh, last used to bind her dead husband's face as it healed. Now it's what keeps Cyan's unwanted memories in check. So what's interesting is the way that that is phrased, those in a way it could be thought of as Wanda's thoughts, but it can't be because Wanda's not aware that Spawn is her ex-husband. So I I just, that was a little messy for me. It was a little clumsy um, Mm -hmm. because usually when we get those, um, those captions on the page, I just take it as, okay, well, this is the 90s when thought balloons kind of got phased out. You can think of these caption boxes as normally what you would see in a thought balloon from Wanda, but clearly not this, right? Because, again, she she doesn't know that Al Simmons is is spawned. So I just thought that was kind of... I think it's an interesting sort of development for Cyan as a character because up to this point, she's always been sort of like a MacGuffin a, a plot device almost like it's she, she is the manifestation of the life that al could never give wanda and that causes him a lot of pain she was a macguffin in the sense that you know clown takes her and you know that causes wanda and terry and so spawn has to rescue her but now after all these issues cyan's just been in the background she's the cute little baby now she's actually developing thoughts and feelings. She has PTSD from her experience being around Spawn and his rooms gallery. So, you know, I think that it's it's a very interesting development for her character. She's not a child anymore. She's not a baby. She's actually growing into her, her own self. Yeah, it's a, it's a great development because you're right. I mean, she has very much been up to this point a plot device. So yeah, having, and it's tough because writing for kids that age is hard. They don't really have much of a personality in a lot of ways other than, mm-hmm. you know, they're calm or they throw fits and, and that's about it. But yeah, I'll be interested to see how that, that storyline develops further. Meanwhile, Spawn has gone back to his uh, throne room, I guess we'll call it. He's chowing on some worms and he's taken out his frustrations on the surrounding buildings, like literally uh, punching walls and throwing pipes around and uh, generally venting in uh, in any way that he can. 
And that's when uh, Cogliostro shows up and he says, hey, you're, you're just making things e- easy for Mal Bolger, which is what he's count- counting on. And of course, Al doesn't even stop to think about the implication of what Cog's saying. He's just like, you know what? You're always bugging me. Why don't you just leave me alone? Just get out of here. And Cogliostro's like, why? So you can keep demolishing things so you can not question what's going on, right? You can you need to find your your true purpose right you need to learn acquire the knowledge otherwise if you keep just reacting hell's always going to have the upper hand and al again like always with the self pity always with wrapped up in his own stuff always ready to give up and quit I, he says let him have the upper hand i don't i don't have the strength to fight anymore <laughs> and cog calls him on that right away he's like you're a liar if you didn't care if none of this mattered to you, you wouldn't be so mad, right? You wouldn't be so pissed off. You know, you're mad because every time something changes, you, you know, you let it affect you. You're not making smart choices. You're not, you're, all you think about is revenge, right? You had a brief window of time where you could have gone and seen Wanda, but instead you chose to spend that time when you actually had a face with Jason Wynn. That's on you. And, and you remember Cog told told Al, he said, you know, Al said, I'm going to go take care of Jason Wynn and then I'll go see Wanda. And Cog told him, if Wanda's what's important to you, go do what's most important. Why are you worried about Jason Wynn? Why are you worried about your revenge? And, you know, again, Spawn, you know, gets pissed off. He's like, how was I supposed to know that, I, you know, I couldn't stay a man. And, uh, and Cog tells him, he says, well, you, you got to look at it this way. Your face rotted away because your body and your uniform rejected it. So, yeah, and for whatever reason, that antimatter bolt restored him. But who he is now, his body, the symbiote, whatever, they, they did not want that face on, on this body. So, Cog says, you, you belong in these alleyways, but it's not as bad living in the shadows as you might think. There are ways to restore your humanity. Humanity. And despite the fact that you're a hell spawn, where you are in the world right now, you were placed here by God, right? Hell may have chosen you, but heaven had the call to locate you on earth where they wanted you. So maybe he doesn't get to leave New York, like I was saying. Maybe this is where heaven wants him. So Cog says, have no doubt, you were selected for a reason and placed here for a reason. And again, Al, he doesn't want to hear that because I don't care. Can't Can't you get that through your head? I don't care. You know, he's tired of, uh, of being alive and he, he freaks out. He's even looks like he's expending some of his energy, but we don't see a counter. We don't see it going down in, uh, in any way, shape or form. And all, all he's doing is screaming, I can't die. I can't die. Um, you know, this isn't fair. And Cog says, well, you know, we all have our, our roles to play. We all have our crosses to bear, but if, if it's redemption that you truly want, you need to learn. And I mean, it, feel, it feels like Cog needs to hammer this into Spawn's head with, with literally with a hammer because he's told him so many times, you need to learn. You need to learn. And instead, Al doesn't. He he just, he knee-jerk reacts. He, he makes decisions emotionally. And he doesn't, he, he, and at no point has he ever stopped to be like, let me figure this out. He's just reacting like he always has been and cog warns him he said like if you don't learn if you don't take the time to figure out who you are and you know what your place is and what you're capable of you're going to be stuck in hell's trap forever right and eventually you're going to end up nothing but evil 
So meanwhile, Terry's having lunch with a friend. He gets a call from Wanda. She's so concerned about the way that Cyan freaked out. Um, she calls to tell him. And, you know, obviously he's a little worried about it, too. And then as Terry goes walking back to the office, Al, you know, grabs him from an alley and says, hey, uh, what's going on? You know, he, he doesn't say, I'm sorry. Um when Terry asks where his face went, he's like, don't worry about it anymore. Uh, I should have known it wouldn't have lasted, but, um, you know, it, it has to do with my, the curse and the powers and what, what have you. And Terry's like, you're not making any sense. And Al says, look, what I'm trying to say is I'm, I'm willing to team up with you again. Let's do what we said we were going to do. Let's bring Jason Wynn to his knees. Let's make sure that, you know, he doesn't have any power left. And Terry's like, well, what about Wanda? And Al says, it doesn't matter. She doesn't matter. She can't see me like this. So you you keep her happy for now. And Terry's like, dude, <laughs> screw you, man. Like, you, you threatened me, you, you know, and I'm supposed to just forget about that. You told me you're going to take my wife from me. And now you're just telling me to just keep her happy until you come back around and try it again. He's like, don't you remember? You said we were enemies. Like, we used to be friends, right? And you're not the Al Simmons that I knew. I can't trust you. Like, no, you, you, you want this to, uh, you know, our friendship to be over, then that's it. It's over. He's like, I'm not going to have you holding Wanda over me. And he calls Wanda. He's like, you want to talk to her? Like, she can't see you through the phone. Talk to her right now. Tell, you know, tell her you're here. I'm, I'm not going to wait around to see if she wants to choose you. If she finds out you're back, that she wants to choose you. He's like, be a man. <laughs> Terry just lays it out on Al. Like, be a man. She's going to reject me. I want to know right now. She's going to choose you. She finds out her first husband's back and is going to choose you. Then I want to know right now today. And, and Al can't handle that. And he does say to Terry as he walks away, I'm sorry, but I don't really think he is not in, not in the way that he, he, that Terry needs, right. Not in the true apology. He's, he's saying he's sorry. Cause he's, he's being confronted with his dick behavior, but he's not yeah. truly, he's not truly sorry. Cause again, he's still wrapped up in his own stuff. I think he's sorry that he burnt the bridge. Yeah. And... Sorry for the way the, the consequences, not yeah. for his actions. Yeah. And, and Terry even says, well, I'm not sorry. Right. Since since you've come back in my life, it's been nothing but garbage. And then Wanda's like, Terry, is that you? Is that you? And he's like, oh, sorry about that. There's a little problem on the way to the office. But um, I'm, in fact, I'm not even going to go back to the office. I'm going to come back home. We'll spend some time together. So one is happy to hear that. And uh, Spawn goes slinking off into the shadows and Terry heads home. So uh, Spawn, again, does what he does best when he, you know, he's in this situation. He burnt that bridge, like we said, tried he to moved. fix it in a, <laughs> yeah, in a very clumsy, juvenile way. There's a way that maybe he could have gone. He could have gone to Terry and said, hey, man, I really screwed up. Like, I, I got overly emotional. I got overly excited. My my face was back. I thought I was turning back into a man. Um, and I let my emotions get the best of me, you know, and I, and I shouldn't have handled it that way, but no, what is, he goes to Terry and says, yeah, she can't see me that way. Keep her happy for now. I'm, I'm like, no, dude, that's not. Yeah. He definitely he, didn't. He, it's, it's crazy because all the supernatural stuff is happening and he's already an asshole. He's already shown that he's completely narcissistic and, and self-serving and not thinking about his extended family or friends in a way that's healthy or good for them. So he could have 
just blamed it on magic. He could have gone to Terry and be like, yo, man, totally sorry. That wasn't me. That was some kind of magical doodad that made me act that way. Like, there, there's so many things that he could have blamed it on to try and, like, smooth it over and repair that bridge. I think that it's actually kind of good that he was honest about it in, in a way. He was still a dick to Terry saying that, oh, you keep her happy for now, as if their relationship is just a holdover until Al comes back. So he's still he's still so selfish and and he just can't get out of his own head and think about anyone else but himself. Yeah, I mean, it all comes down to... Trying to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, I guess you can give him points for that, but again, it's it's honesty because he doesn't care about anybody but himself. And, yeah. you know, he's clearly he's not the same person that he was before he left and you can't blame him with everything he's been through, but that's what Terry says. Here, I used to think we're friends, but you're nothing like the Al Simmons that I knew. Yeah, because he's really not. He, I mean, not physically. Not. I mean, it's not even the same body. So, yeah, it's. it's I, I, don't get me wrong. Spawns in a tough spot, and you definitely root for him. But yeah, he's an asshole sometimes for sure. So anyway, he goes back to his alley, and he he wallows in the the rats and the uh, worms and the vermin, and just absorbs as much power as he can, uh, being draped in their evil, trying to forget. Um, this encounter that he, that he just had. Um, and in a way he kind of, he kind of gets drunk on the, the power drunk on the evilness. You know, we've seen one other time when the antimatter hit him, bolt hit him where we were told he felt like he was drunk and he was, you know, kind of nauseated and, and off balance. And here he goes, um, he goes running off, like almost like he shot out of a cannon and runs into a wall of the building next door and then goes stumbling and, uh, trips over this uh, bum who's who's um, passed out on the ground uh, and his you know 400 pound plus body falls on top of the guy and, and the guy's screaming ah, i get the license plate of the truck that hit me uh you know i'm going to be crippled for life and what have you and so eventually he's, he's a, uh al's uh, able to, to gain his balance gain his composure and kind of stumble back over to his uh, throne and he's thinking man do I, do I have any control left am i my suffocating in sin, like, you know, what was that? Uh, and, and gradually uh, the nausea passes and uh, he thinks, well, that's probably just some short term something or other, maybe from all the crap I've had to go through lately. But we're told that the tiny creature crawling out of his peripheral says otherwise. So we, we saw him kind of drunk with power and absorbing as much evil, as much power uh, as he could from those rats and those worms, you know, a couple of pages earlier, maybe one of them is, is something more than he expects something more meets the eye. Cause you can see it right there on the little skull on his shoulder that it's crawling away. So is, is the evil trying to take him over? Is it crawling inside his head? Is it doing something to him that, you know, it, it shouldn't be, is he losing control over his necroplasm? Like what exactly is going on? Yeah, we don't know. And, and this aspect of the, story is so creepy to me and so weird because he we didn't see it early on you know and we did have the you know energy within him and the counter was going down and obviously we know this is a way to prevent that if he can draw energy from the costume rather than using his own internal power that malbolgia gave him but man what cost is he paying for that so 
this was uh, an interesting issue. Obviously, a lot of fallout and consequences from the last issue that was action packed. Uh, didn't really get a resolution or too many answers for Sam and Twitch and how they're apparently loyal servants of Spawn now. Uh, we see that Terry and Al's relationship is is certainly fractured and whether it can be healed, we'll have to wait and see. But I love that Terry didn't just go, okay, uh, you know, Al, uh, I'll forgive you or I understand you're going through a tough time. You're dead. I married your wife. Your face looks like chewed bubble gum. No, he was like, no, this is bullshit, man. You don't just get to come and say, you know, let's work together again. And I forget everything that you said the, the day before. Uh, we saw the stuff with Siam, like um, like Blake mentioned, how it moves her beyond just being a plot point. Uh, and then the seed is planted for this new mystery of what might be going on with Spawn. I mean, the last thing that, that Al Simmons needs right now, he's got enough problems. The last thing he needs is to kind of lose control of his own body, you know, to have some kind of sickness or disease or whatever, although maybe it would, maybe it would please him if whatever is happening to him could actually kill him. Cause he certainly freaked out when he was talking to Cog in this issue when he's like, I can't, I can't even commit suicide. Like I can't even end this miserable existence. So maybe, uh, maybe if he's sick in some way, he might even be happy. Be like, take me out, give me some eternal rest. I don't want to be around anymore. So interesting issue. Uh, the art in this issue is really dark too. And the colors tend to be um, more of a dark palette as well, which kind of suits the mood of the story. So I thought it was done really, really well. Also specifically the conversation between Al and Terry, I thought Capullo did a fantastic job with the facial expressions. You can, you, you don't even, you know, again, all the words are redacted because we don't want to get in trouble for, you know, sharing the whole book or whatever, but you can look just at the sequence and look at Terry's face and kind of know the gist of their conversation. You know, Terry gets pissed off and then shoves the phone in Al's face and the shadowy face that he has uh, in the final panel. You get the gist of that interaction without any words at all. So, again, fantastic work from from Greg Capullo and the art team. So uh, anything else to add about this issue, Blake? Oh, I just I was going to draw attention to the Creech thing that you mentioned at the beginning, yeah, but uh, you caught it before me. <laughs> yeah, they came out, uh, I think for that series came out just the month prior to the release of this uh, issue of Spawn. So it was kind of his subtle way of like promoting his own book inside an already established book. Yeah, and he's working on it again right now. Like thirty years, uh, time to working on it again. Time to have yeah, yeah. Now that his contract oh, that's with DC, so cool. Yeah, now that his exclusive contract with DC has ended, he's doing some. Uh, he's got a, a comicsology first creator owned with Scott Snyder that he's doing called We Have Demons, and he's spending the rest of his time working on working on Creech. So should be out this year. I'm yeah, I so still hope. Excited, something to look forward to. Yeah, and still hoping to have Greg on at some point to talk about his work on Spawn because obviously it's, I mean, he, he, for a lot of people, he is the Spawn artist, even more so than Todd McFarlane. It's Greg Capullo. So, mm -hmm. uh, anyway, that's going to do it for this episode, everybody. It's a, again, very emotional issue with consequences for Al's choices. And we'll see how uh, it continues to 
to play out those terrible choices he makes. We'll see how it continues to play out uh, in future issues. Next episode, we're going to cover Curse of the Spawn 15 and 16, which is the story of the first angel. Uh, and he's got a connection to Spawn as well. So we hope you join us for that one. We appreciate you joining us for this one. So that's going to do it for this episode. We appreciate you guys joining us as always, and we'll talk to you next time. See you later. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.